Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast discussing Heart and Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos won four from four in their Premier Sports Cup group, didn't concede a single goal in the process, but have been drawn away to this weekend's opponents Celtic at Parkhead in the round of 16. To discuss all of that, I, Adam Kennedy, am joined by Daniel McIver once more. Mr McIver, how are we? I'm very good. It's still absolutely melting in Scotland. We had insane levels of rain last night and it hasn't broken the heat. I would just like to call this out, actually, because we had some comments from people in the US and stuff like that going, 25 degrees, that's nothing here. Well, in Edinburgh and in Pilton, it is, right? It's very hot and I can't deal with it. However, hearts have actually been good since we last spoke. So... I'm not doing too bad. And I got that, which is now in the background for audio listeners. I've got a PS5 and I'm just showing it off in the background. That's why you should be watching the YouTube video. Adam, how are you doing? Well, well said, mate. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, had a, a wicked and wild weekend prior to the, the Inverness match. Um, obviously, before we get <sighs> chatting about Heart and Midlothian, I've got to give a wee shout out um, to some jambos that I met on the train in Motherwell on Saturday night on a wee night out. So I've got to say that I can't wait to hear the Burnt Ginger podcast uh, with Ginger Liam, the big man and pump. So hopefully that's coming to a podcast platform near you. Please stop doing this. It's going to his head. He thinks he's bigger than he actually is. Enough of the recognising him. Stop it now. <laughs> No, we'll soon both be big time bastards, mate. We'll be yes, fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of big time bastards, um, let's talk about our football club. Obviously, like you touched on, we've had two games since we last spoke. The first of which we took on Sterling Albion at Fourth Bank in our third Premier Sports Cup match. Um, before we discuss the game itself, Daniel, that stream. I mean, we've had difficulties, you know, recording this episode. What do you think was worse? The, the episode frustration or that stream? Because I've got to be honest, I've seen many a terrible stream in my life. That has got to top the lot. Yeah, I think it, it says a lot that this is obviously going out a day late and we're having to just appeal behind the curtain, breaking the kayfabe of the Perth to Paisley podcast. We're recording this four hours before it goes up due to technical <laughs> difficulties. And it, it's still better than that Sterling Albion stream. Like... Just atrocious. I tweeted within two minutes it was the worst stream I'd ever paid for in my life. Listen, I I get it, right? They're a League Two side and suddenly they're playing a Premiership side. So hundreds and there was over a thousand people watching it at once. They're probably not used to that. But then dial-up's just gone. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And listen, I lived in Southern for four years. The internet's quite rubbish there, right? I get that. But then don't provide it. Like, don't they get annoyed and kind of sarky on Twitter when loads of Hearts fans are going, I've paid a tenner to watch this. And because it was just, I can't remember the first half. I just can't remember what happened apart from the goal. Never mind the first half. I can't remember the vast majority of the 90 minutes. It was only once I was like watching the highlights back on Hearts TV that I was then able to kind of just put two and two together. I mean, it really was. It was like, I'm trying to think of the first like FIFA I've ever played. I know what FIFA I played. My first FIFA was The camera angles was just, yeah, I think I I was about 04. So around then, I, I mean, chances are, you know, your PlayStation graphics were probably better than that. Yeah. And two, you've got the five behind you. So that just shows how Yes, exactly. Exactly. If it ran on that, 
it would have been 4K 1080 <laughs> as opposed to fucking Super Nintendo levels of absolute shite that they were. And I just didn't like how they were just like, lad, it's the heat. I saw it the weekend it happened again. <laughs> like, it did it in the Premier Sports Cup game, like the other one. So it's like, that's the excuse. Fair, listen, they did kind of fix it for the second half in fair play. I thought the commentary was really good. I thought, it, genuinely, I thought it was really unbiased. Yeah. There was an element of like, in other games that we've played in the last couple of seasons, particularly in this competition, the commentators are both really sticks out in my mind for being like famous for how biased they are. Um, I know that one of the commentators on the Stirling Albion feed was a Hearts fan. I know. That. I, was, I was about to say exactly that. Do you think it's just out of that then? Maybe. Or... I don't know. I just didn't like, again, the pronunciations. I don't know how you can pronounce, mispronounce Ginelli so badly. Josh Ginley. It's like, it's not even... I mean, you've got the G and the Y. <laughs> like, you've got the, the start and end. It's got the, the gin. The, it's literally yeah. that middle nail. That's all that's missing. Um, but we touched on two former Jambos, one of which I've now learned the correct pronunciation of, funnily enough, which was Dylan Beakey and, and Dale Carrick. Um, they both sort of looked the most likely to score for the Albion, if anyone. I thought, I think it was Beakey shot straight at Craig Gordon early sorry, on. But... Sorry, sorry, this has blown my mind. What do you mean his name's BK? Well, I, that's what I heard from Scarves Around the Funnel. Oh my God, my entire worldview has changed. I thought I'd... it was just Dylan Bikey. Yes, so did I, but wow, apparently not. I mean, I've that, I've taken that from Laurie, so... Oh, if it's Laurie, I'll be wrong. <laughs> That'll be complete bollocks. It's Dylan well... Bikey. <laughs> Well, our man Dylan shot straight at Craig Gordon early on, but I think from what we saw of the game, due to the shocking stream, I don't think there was any real doubt that Hearts were going to nick all three points and qualification on the night, was there? Yeah, literally that one that one chance really early on where I think Halliday misplaced a pass in the middle of the park. And it, That's right. It yeah. led through. I will say, I definitely agree we didn't look like conceding. A big part of that, in my opinion, was the guy who I would have given man of the match to really was Craig Halkett. Because I just felt like on in that moment where Dylan ran past him, <laughs> Halkett just went, ah, okay, I know what your game's going to be then. And he just dropped a yard so that he wasn't touched tight with the striker. Both strikers, actually, because Carrick was trying to do it as well. He wasn't touched tight with them, so they couldn't just get a ton of them and go. He just dropped a yard, and it meant that whenever they fed the ball, they had to beat him instead of just getting past. And in the second half, we'll get to it. He made a really good challenge. His positional awareness really helped it, and it allowed players like Suter and Smith to be able to just completely come out from the back. And it meant that we just looked so solid defensively, which weirdly has kind of been a theme for the last wee while, that we actually look quite solid at the back. No, I, I get that. And I think that's down to, I mean, obviously, if we go through the lineup, we're rocking that 3-4-3 yet again. It was Craig Gordon in goal, that back three of Stephen Kingsley, you've mentioned Craig Halkett and John Souter, Alex Cochran and Michael Smith at left and right wing back, respectively. Andy Halliday and Peter Haring were in the middle of the park with Gary McKay-Steven and Josh Ginley supporting Liam Boyce in attack. Um, I'm not going to lie, I thought that the club were kind of clutching at straws when putting the highlights package together because, look, we're pleased with the result, another clean sheet, all that good stuff, but it certainly wasn't a classic. Um, and 
you know, what you said there, we'll touch on the second half because we didn't actually have a great deal in that first half, to be honest, besides, you know, I think Stephen Kingsley sent a wayward effort over the bar. Um, we are obviously delighted to have Liam Boyce on the podcast next week and he would open the scoring after a, a filthy flick from Gary Mackay Stephen, but the finish was just as slick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... It was one of those defining moments in a game that's not very exciting. You just need moments like that and you'll win the game. And it, the assist just summarised why people wanted Gary McKay-Steven. It was just a moment where you go, that's what you get Gary McKay-Steven for. It's something just, the ball comes into his feet and without even thinking about it, he just flicks it back and it's perfectly weighted pass to Liam Boyce. And it's one of those chances that Boyce isn't going to miss. He's like... It's just him one-on-one with the keeper. It's actually quite a good finish as well. He kind of puts it past the keeper. Um, but yeah, I, I fully agree. It, it very much was just like, that was really good. But the general game wasn't amazing. I think it was just quite a professional start to finish with moments of flair that goes through it. I mean, we had a couple chances. I, I, I say that. GMS... Shot into the side netting. Michael Smith had his effort, you know, pan past the post. But I think if we're looking at the performance, we've said it's professional. Was there still that little bit of concern for you with regards to the fact that we were only 1-0 up? You know, I say it all the time. That sec- had we got that second goal earlier, the game would have been killed off even earlier than it was in the end. I get that point And see, for example, this Saturday... I, I will fully agree with that when you're only 1-0 up against a quality opposition. But I just felt that whenever we went ahead in that game, and I've kind of felt like that in all these cup games, we're, we're then going to win. Like, the game's done. Most of the teams we've come up against kind of barring Cove. Cove pushed forward a wee bit. Most teams have just come to set up and frustrate us and try and nick a point against us. When they've then went down, they don't really know what to do because they don't have... And it's not their fault. It's just a mismatch in the quality kind of thing. So when we're in this division that we're going into and the start of the new season, then it will kind of be like, okay, yeah, we're 1-0 up, but we need to get another one to kill it. Whereas against Still and Albion, I was kind of just like... Even when it was, <laughs> even if it was nil-nil in like the 80th minute, I would have been like, we're going to get a goal here. I, I, I mean, I, I sort of share that same viewpoint, but Dale Carrick very nearly came back to kind of haunt us. Um, a, a superb stop from Craig Gordon. Um, Peter Haring nods wide. We had a Nandouli effort that was hooked off the line, but with no replay, I couldn't see if it was over or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Halliday, I think, blazed one over. But, I mean, this is just off the hearts highlights package because, like I say, that stream was genuinely hopeless. Um, but... Finley Pollock is somebody that I want to touch on because he was replaced in the starting 11 by Peter Haring for this match. And coincidentally, the 17-year-old replaced the Austrian to seal the deal um, against the Albion and ensure that we left fourth bank with three wins in as many games. Um, obviously, again, another three points and qualification for the next round um, after finishing from a, an Alex Cochran pullback. I'm going to ask you this because it's fresh in my mind, um, but I was listening to the Sports Sound podcast on route home from work today, um, and Craig Levine has likened him to Colin Cameron. Now, everybody knows that there are fewer, greater Hart and Midlothian comparisons, but I just I just think we've got such a, a high 
or a hot prospect here. Um, how high do you think that the ceiling is for this young man? It's a hard question because we kind of all thought this about Cochrane when he first broke in as well. And to an extent, Andy Irvin, although Andy Irvin kind of lived up to it to an extent in terms of the game time he got for us. Um, I think Finlay Pollock looks very, very good. Yeah, I was delighted for him to get his goal. I, I kind of shared Robbie's sentiments where I wish there had been Hearts fans in attendance. I wish it had been at Tynecastle where he hit the post uh, against Cove. And then we'll speak about it against him and Essie. It. It's a very similar chance. Um, it would have been great for him to get it at home. But he's off the mark so early. He's very much a... I get the Colin Cameron comparisons. He's very much a box-to-box midfielder. You don't often see them nowadays just with the way the game's changed. Hartley's the last one that we kind of had. McNeff was brought in as kind of that, but we've not properly seen it yet due to <laughs> kind of lack of game time. Can I just say, everybody's been dubbed the new Colin Cameron. I, I can think of Aaron McNeff, uh, Finlay Pollock. Was Sean Clare not also touted as the I next Colin Cameron was. at one stage? I think he was. By Levine, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah, so apparently everybody is a midfielder. Like, if you're a midfielder, you're the next Colin Cameron. Um, but I just think we need to take it slow with him. We need to remember he's just 17. He's got to go through dips of form. I get the argument of keep playing him when he's playing well. I actually agreed with Robbie taking him out of the starting lineup. You don't want to burn him out. That's the worst thing you can possibly do for someone at his age. Cochrane, we kind of went too far the other way where we just went, right, you've been very good and now we'll put you out on loan for like two years. And it's like, that's a bit of a weird thing. And given how poorly we performed that season, I think it'd be harsh to say that all our hopes were pinned upon Harry Cochrane, but they kind of were. Yeah, no, I think, that's, I think that's a pretty fair comment. That's, that's the good thing about Pollock coming through when he is, because we aren't just pinning our hopes. We have a lot of players around them that... We go, right, we'll rely on your Liam Boyces, your Josh Janelli's, your, in recent times, GMS. But if you can contribute, then yeah, by all means. Yeah, 100%. And it means that there's no pressure on him. Like, there's not going to be pressure on him anyway. He's a 17-year-old just coming into the team. No one's expecting a lot. But if we were in a situation with Cochrane where it's like, we don't have a lot around you and you've shown promise, so therefore, come on, Harry, get it sorted. <laughs> um Finley Pollock, thankfully, is not in that position. He took his goal well, very much just right place at the right time. But he scored. He was clearly delighted. His dad was buzzing on Twitter, which is great to see. And I, I do have a lot of hopes for him. Obviously, Robbie's made it clear that he will be with us until at least January, whereas the other ones that we've seen in the last couple of weeks are going out on loan. I, I was going to ask you about that. What's your, what's your kind of stance on the whole loan debate? I get, listen, I get the argument with players like Leo Watson and stuff like that, which I've made in the last couple of weeks where it's pointless him just sitting on the bench for us being covered. Harry Stone's another. Yeah, 100%. Instantly springs to my mind. Yeah. They're, Leo Watson, Harry Stone, Connor Hamilton and stuff like that, they're going out and getting like 15 to 20 games in a season in the lower leagues. That will do so much more than just being backup for some, I know that it's like, well, they'll be in and around it. But we've heard that Harry Stone is still training with us as well as parting. Mm-hmm. So he's still getting the benefits of Craig Gordon. You have to imagine that if the players like Leo Watson and stuff like that are going to League One or Two clubs, they're still able to train with us as well. I'm not sure about Connor Hamilton at our growth because I know they're still a part-time team. So I don't know 
I reckon was having that. But with Pollock, it's clear that he isn't just there as like seventh choice midfielder who's just there to be a part of the atmosphere. He's getting game time. So I fully understand keeping him until January because what you can do is you can reevaluate it. You go, right, we're here. January transfer window's just opened. Has he played twice? I was then, going to say, you've played a grand total of however many minutes. And yeah, 100%. Of, yeah. You can go, right, okay, we'll put you out on loan. You're not getting into the team because he, hopefully that is because we've got a set on midfield that's playing well. So you go, we don't want to break that up. Or you go in January, well, actually, you've been contributing quite a fair amount. It's not as much as your Peter Herrings, your uh, Andy Halliday's and stuff like that, but you're still there getting regular minutes. So actually, we'll keep you for the rest of the season and then come next summer, we can reevaluate if we want to keep you inside or move on. You know, I just think, I genuinely think we're actually handling our youngsters well for the first time in like four years. I, I was I was going to touch on that because I feel as though the Harry Stone route that the club seemed to adopt, I'm, I'm liking the look of that where it starts non-league, then he gets a league two move. Don't get me wrong, I think the jump from league two to championship is quite drastic, but I, I noticed... Thistle, he seems to be, you know, starting just about every game for them, if not every game for them. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's, uh, I, I like the gradual kind of upgrade that we seem to be implying with him specifically, and I don't know whether that will transpire to kind of the outfield players, but that'll be an interesting one to see anyway. But young Finlay was rewarded with a start at the weekend, um, alongside Armand Nondwee with both John Souter and Peter Haring making way, meaning that Hearts lined up in a 4-4-2 as they took on Inverness, Caledonian Thistle at Tynecastle. At least, so it first seemed to me, we'll, we'll get to that later, but it was Craig Gordon in goal, back four of Michael Smith, Craig Halkett, uh, Stephen Kingsley and Alex Cochran with Finlay Pollock and Andy Halliday in the middle of the park. Gary Mackay, Stephen and Josh Janelli therefore supported Liam Boyce, partnering Armand Nondwee, like I said, up front. Um, no, it didn't. I don't think so because, uh, well, if I ask you first and foremost, were you surprised with the changes both in personnel and what we thought was a change in formation, Mr. McIver? I'm not surprised in the personnel. I was a wee bit surprised in the formation. The personnel, not so much because I saw John Souter get hurt. In the last five minutes, I can't remember where it actually was, but he takes a knock um, and I just went, he's hurt. Do not risk him. There is no point in doing it. We need him for Celtic. For God's sake. Uh, Herring, I think it's just a rotation because I think, if I'm right in saying, we've played a different midfield two every single game of this Betfred Cup, Premier Sports Cup. Robbie Nielsen did that. Robbie Nielsen said the Betfred Cup and then very quickly was like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. It's the Premier Sports Cup now. I'm fully convinced that everybody's had a faux pas and dropped the Betfred name in there at least once. It's just, it seems to have been the sponsor for as long as I can recall, <laughs> yeah, like, I gen- genuinely. I know. Um, but yeah, so, like, so just I thought the, yeah, I thought the formation was a weird one. And we said a couple of weeks ago that the most crucial players to that 3-4-3 are Boyce, Janelli, Smith and Suter. What I didn't realise that meant was, was that if one of them is out, we can't play it at all. And, every, and I get it with Suter. Because Suter is the ball carrier who takes it out of the back three and takes it forward in either the middle of the park or plays a ball out wide. I trust Stephen Kingsley to do that, though. Like, I, I thought there were various points where Andy Halliday was dropping in, becoming that guy. 
I don't think I saw so many people say Howdy's dropping into centre half. I don't think he was dropping into centre half. I think he was dropping into like a six, but he yeah. was just like in front. Well, well, this this is why I I was confused regarding the formation because initially to me I thought it was a four four two. Then I saw Liam Boyce drop really deep. and then Boyce I thought, was playing centre mid. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> is Boyce meant to be in the hole here? Or what's like, what's the script? I saw Andy Halliday drop back to again sort of fill in like, like I touched on. Like, why it seemed so deep. And this is something else that I want to get to because obviously we knew the script. Well, I say that. Did we know the script? Because... Obviously, as it transpired, St Mirren grabbed a second goal in the 95th minute through club captain Joe Shaughnessy. So then we have to win by two to become a seeded team. Yet, I just felt the game was played at such a low tempo. I thought there was a real lack of intensity. And we touched on it there. You know, grab the goals early and then just worry about it later on. If we did killed the game within the first half hour, then, then job done and we'd, we'd have been a seeded side. But it didn't appear that way. And even late on, you know, I saw somebody make the point on Twitter. I think it was, was it John Cowan made the point on Twitter where if Hearts knew we had to grab a second, why was there such a lack of urgency? So I'm laughing, right? Because following the game, I had a 50-minute phone call with my dad where we could not have been on more different sides of the argument. My dad was very much on your side of the argument, right? Which is? Very much like lack of intensity. This is a failure. We should have been seeded. We knew we had to get two. I came at it from the perspective of, I don't think urgency was the problem because in my opinion, it was one of those games where nine times out of 10, we win that game three or four nil. It was a game where a goalkeeper had literally, I, I do not say this lightly, Mark Ridges had the best performance of his career. <laughs> like, I don't see how that could be. A, listen, I know I haven't really paid attention to Mark Ridges' career since he left us. I was, yeah, I was shocked to hear that he only played four games for us. I thought it was much wow. more than four. Wow. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what I'd have guessed, but again, probably more than four. I mean... I, that's it's, coming it's, from Mr. Laurie Dunsire, though, so it also <laughs> could be bollocks. I'm, uh, I, do you know, I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up because my thoughts appear to have changed with regards to the 90 minutes. Because once, again, I've watched the highlights back, as I always do in preparation for the pod, I, I didn't feel when I was there that we had anywhere near as many first-half opportunities as it appeared on Hearts TV. I think the first noteworthy one was kind of, a Liam Boyce drive where it's virtually straight at Ridgers, but there's a lot of power and that sort of wakes the crowd up. I think it's after about a quarter of an hour. Um, but again, like, I don't know. That first half had enraged me. Well, not enraged me because we're through, but it was it was underwhelming. It it's was a you. bit disappointing. It is you. It definitely <laughs> enraged you. It's you. I, I mean, we talked about Boyce. I, I want to touch on Big Nand really as well. I thought he appeared so off the pace. And I think this was his first performance, uh, first kind of, well, certainly his first start. I was about to say his first appearance of the season, but his first start of the season. Um, his chances appeared from kind of tight angles. There was one where he's on the left hand side of the box, shoots across Ridgers to his left, panned away, and 
There's one where I actually thought he should shoot, but instead he looks to kind of feed Boyce at the back stick. Am I being too harsh on the big man, or did he appeal off or appear off the boil for you? I think you're being a bit harsh. I think definitely in front of goal, he didn't look kind of as sharp. He's, yeah, his usual self. I'm I'm almost about to say like he's been, when he's been in like close contact with in the 18 yard box, he's actually looked all right. But you're a big I, fan of his. Yeah. I actually felt his all-round game was quite good. I saw he won a hundred percent of his aerial duels. He's hold up play... as you'd expect, given the size of him. Gonna just say, I know that was my but... first time seeing him, in, seeing him in the flesh, and oh my god, he is massive! Like he is he's huge. enormous. I will say though, but how many strikers have we had over the years that you go, "You're massive. You should win everything in the air," and they never do. Uchik Piazza is the one that comes to my mind yeah. just for our recent one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, it is actually quite refreshing to have a player who's massive and goes, I know I'm massive. I'm just going to win everything. Um, I felt his hold up play was really good. Every single time we pumped a ball up, he basically just won it, took it down, and played it off. I definitely think he could have been better in front of goal. But again, I felt people were a wee bit harsh on him, general- his all round play generally. Um, I just. I can't I, I cannot get annoyed about this game because it doesn't bother me if we're a CD team or not. I know that the argument is we've now got Celtic away. But to win a cup in Scotland, you're going to have to play one of them. So it doesn't really matter when you but I know, I know that St. Johnson last season won a cup without playing one of them, right? I know that, but that's a complete deviation from the rule. And they won two cups last season and they had to beat Rangers in one of them. You, you basically do have to play the old firm one half of them at least once. We had to do it twice. Last, we had to play both of them in the last season's Scottish Cup. Yes, being seeded is where we should be. But if it wasn't for St Mirren being handed a 3-0 win due to COVID, us coming up against a keeper who was in the form of his life for this one game. Like, for example, the two saves I think of were right at the end of the first half, the Finley Pollock one. That was a great save. I've no idea how he saves it. I've no idea how he saves it. And then the second half, where he has about three shots in about four seconds that end up coming off the post. Don't don't even go there, because that's exactly what I was going to touch on. I actually thought I was going to be £25 richer, um, because the wingers linked up, and it's the one one that he makes from Gary Mackay-Stevens volley. And then, like you say, the resulting corner... The, like we hit the post in twice twice in quick succession I should say um, and again it's through Nando and Pollock who were looking the most likely to score again given how deep Liam Boyce was but I, I mean we touched on Nandwele's kind of aerial presence there we'll obviously touch on the draw but Nandwele's aerial presence obviously plays a part in the goal which would eventually come with what was it I think it was just over a quarter of an hour to play um, Jamie Walker comes off the bench grabs what proves the winner um, due to Michael Smith's clearance being blasted at the park. Armand Nandwele flicking on to Liam Boyce, who plays the supporting role um, <laughs> for once in, the, in this game, given, like we say, so deep, um, and plays a lovely ball through to Jamie Walker, which, again, he's got still got a lot to do, and it's a, a smart finish beyond Mark Richards. It is. It, it's a really good goal all round. Like, it exemplifies everybody's strengths. Like, a big one ball up to Nandwele, he wins it, he knocks it down. Boyce takes it really well. His first touch is great. He then plays a just a really simple, weighted pass to Walker. 
who I think just takes a couple of touches. And it's just, it, again, Richards nearly gets it, which is insane yeah. because it's placed so well, but the power just kind of takes it away from him. Uh, it's, it's a great finish. It's a, it was a really, really good goal. Um, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think Walker deserved man of the match? Yeah. Yeah, I do. To be honest, that... I think it's as decent a cameo as we've seen from Jamie Walker, and I don't say that lightly because last season there were numerous off the bench, um, particularly, I think, toward the second half of the season. Um, but no, I, I, I do. I, I felt as though he was at the heart of everything, and we touched on Hearts potentially you know, scoring three or four. Jamie Walker himself could have scored three or four off See, the bench for, for I, me. I, I literally only remember two things that he did. I remember his goal... And inexplicably, in the 88th minute, taking it to the corner. See, well, that was the kind of lack of urgency thing. I also remember there's a chance, I can't remember how the ball gets played over to the back post. And again, Walker tries to beat Ridgers at his, at his near post, but it's a, another smart stop. Um, I was going to ask you, it's a simple question, but we know that you're not um, Jamie Walker's biggest fan. <sighs> Can he contribute for Hearts this season? Uh, off the bench in the last 15 minutes in games, yes. From starting, no. With 15 no minutes? Yeah. Would that be all, all that you'd give him? Uh, at complete maximum 20, but that's it. Wow. Like, he's just proven, like, Hearts, though, put on Twitter uh, after Walker scored, it was like, I can't be bored with another season of Jamie Walker chat, and I'm exactly the same. I just can't be bored with it. We have what it is like finalized. He is showing last season when he comes off the bench, he does very well, and I'm more than happy for him to fulfill that role. He doesn't do well when he starts. Like, there are now so many examples of it that you can no longer say, oh, well, he had one bad game when he started, or oh, he had one good game when coming off the bench, but he's not been that. It's like, when you look at his performances, the top five in the last 18 months have all been from the bench and the bottom five have all been from when he started. I, I have made it clear. Listen, I'd be happier if he left in the summer, right? I'd be happy with it. But mainly just because, so we don't need to keep having this discourse over and over and over again. I think he's, Robbie has made it crystal clear. His fitness isn't up to it. And that's, a, that's his issue. I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying, though, he needs to take that into himself and go, right, how can I improve this? Because now, Robbie's been very good at kind of protecting his players. I really commend Robbie for that. But when your manager's just coming out after 18 months and a full preseason going, he's no fit. Like, what more can you do as a manager to get the best out of him? Did you, um, did you catch... Barry Anderson's interview with him because I only saw I didn't the tweet. Have missed it. No, I only saw the it. tweet and he was adamant that he is fully fit. I just don't it? think he is. I don't I know whether there's beef is. between he and, Nil and Robbie Nielsen, but maybe that's just one to kind of speculate until we've got, you know, confirmation or whatnot. Yeah. I, I've got to be honest. I mean, I, you're a big Jamie Walker critic. I'm a big Robbie Nielsen critic. I'm actually surprised that he took Finlay Pollock off to allow Jamie to come on, but it just goes to show that even despite me not being his biggest fan, he, I'm willing to admit that he got it spot on because that's obviously why he's in the dugout and I'm on here. But I I, I don't know. I, I just felt as though Walker was at the heart of everything as soon as he came on. And 
yes, it's championship opposition, and yes, he's proven that, you know, and on a couple of occasions last season. I, I just love, I'm not disagreeing I, with that. I'm not disagreeing I, with that. I just that. love just for this to be the, the first. Yeah, I just love for this to be the first, even if it is just cameos off the bench. That's what I, I mean. I am, was, I am fine with times. Like, if that's what he ends up being, then fine. Fine. It probably doesn't justify his wage, but fine. <laughs> no. Like, I, I, I will never argue against him being a good impact sub. He really is. And... Another thing that's out of his control, part of that is because of his injuries. Like his knee injury has meant that he's he's lost stuff. And that's not his fault. He didn't that that's nothing to do with fitness. Even at peak fitness, he's not going to be the way he was before he did his knee. And I'm not trying to derise him for that. What is infuriating is and that's that's what it all comes down to. That's why people like me who are so annoyed by Walker, and even people like you who really like him, everybody can agree that. The reason we're all annoyed is because we know how good he can be on his day. Yeah. And it's just that we want him to show it consistently. And I don't think he can do that from a start in position in the team. Particularly if you look at his competition, right, isn't Finley Pollock. That was just because in Robbie's eyes, in my opinion, we needed a second goal. So he just brought on as many attacks as he could. But in the actual formation, he either comes out for Ginelli or GMS. I don't think you can drop Janelle. Despite he, the fact that he's probably not a winger. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. He's not. In the 3-4-3, that formation doesn't suit him at all. Like, Janelle, I don't think has had a great week. Like, I thought he wasn't great against Albion or against Inverness, but I'm really not going to hold that against him. GMS, I've been very critical of him, but in the last kind of eight games, I can't say anything negative about him. He's been fantastic. I just don't think, in my opinion, you should drop either of them from the start in favour of Jamie Walker, who the argument is, well, he's sometimes good for a final 15 minutes. No, I I, I can't disagree with that, mate. Um, obviously, we've had our kind of differences with regards to him being man of the match. It's clear to see that Michael Gardine thought he was a, a threat. Um, what did you make of that challenge that saw him uh, be issued with a red card? I think it is a red. I know some people are going, it's a bit harsh, but from behind studs up, he scissors his legs. Like, in... And I know everyone's like, in the modern game, that's a red. But we're in the modern game. So that is like almost <laughs> the dictionary definition of a red. I could, it just came out of nowhere as well. It was like, oh, okay, the game's kind of petering out. Oh, he's just absolutely halved Walker. It, it certainly woke me up. I mean, it was right in front of me and I could hear Jamie scream from, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> up quite a fair distance in the stand. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, that, that, that was kind of the last sort of noteworthy noteworthy bit of action within the game because to be honest the goal the sending off and I think we've touched on just about every chance can I just say it's the so frustrating the reason I wouldn't give Walker man of the match I'm not saying that because I think he played badly I'm just saying I would have given Cochrane man of the match I thought he was really really good like he made that challenge that saved us from I'll, conceding I'll give him credit there I just felt as though too many times it was play the ball backwards. That drives me nuts. That's fine, and I get that, and that is a valid criticism, right? I think, but I just think he's more of a defensive fullback. I don't think he's the. I think Smith, Smith, where because for example, right? This is where we're going to disagree. I actually think he's better offensively than defensively. 
See, I think he's better defensively in covering runs, tracking back, making, making an interception. I'm not saying, by the way, I think he's bad offensively because he's sh- he's got like two assists or something and he's set, but he actually knows how to put in a corner that, that beats the first man. It's a revelation. We've still never done anything from them. But That's a corners, four-year dealing coming right Exactly. There. His corners always go into the middle of the box, which is genuinely an achievement. Um, but I just think he's really defensively sound. He knows he's not the fastest. So he always gives up yards like Halkett was doing the Stirling game. And it meant that every single time Inverness attacked on his side, he was just fortified in a position and he made the defender choose to either hit the byline, which he wanted them to do, or he would get tight with Kingsley. So if they wanted to cut in, Kingsley would just come across and tackle. It's really intelligent defensive play that can sometimes be missed, which I always find harsh on defenders. And I know that the thing is, is that I'm a defender, so I'll always stick up for defenders and stuff like that. But I just find it a bit unfair on some people, like when you drop in a cover or when you kind of shimmy someone out to the side and that doesn't look like you're doing it, but he definitely does. I fully agree that often he could find a pass either in the middle of the park or just in front of him and he'll choose the safe option. But I can almost understand that when it's such an attacking formation, you need someone to kind of just slow everything down occasionally, particularly this Saturday against Celtic. I hope we play this 3-4-3, but we still need to be defensively solid. We can't just be like, oh, it's fine, fullbacks, wingers, everybody going forward. Cochrane, I think, will be really good Especially because Cochrane will have to, we'll get into it, but Cochrane will have to mark that new Amada or whatever his name is, who looks quite good. See, I thought he was on the other side, but I was going to say that I think what you said about Cochrane dropping in, that's obviously just down to Michael Smith being Michael Smith, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, don't know whether, I don't know whether my frustrations come with him because I'm looking at Michael Smith and thinking, can you do similar? I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I, I get, just, listen, I get that because Michael, I'm still skeptical. I get that. Michael Smith is like a god amongst men. But it's like, it's like, it's very similar to what happens in, excuse it, this sounds like a ridiculous comparison, right? <laughs> but it's like with Bayern Munich, right? Oh my goodness, this is a ridiculous <laughs> comparison. I want out of here. What I mean by that is, is that Bayern Munich have two fullbacks who are almost. The only comparison you have between them is that they play left back and right back. Joshua Kimmich is like Michael Smith in the sense of he just goes, I'm playing everywhere. Fuck the system. I'm playing right back. I'm playing right way. I'm going to tuck into centre half. I'm going to play CDM. I'm going to play centre mid and playing spraying passes. He's got Michael Smith posters on his bedroom. Exactly. Wall. Whereas Alfonso Davis is, I'm not saying this is a criticism of Davis, he's one of the best left backs in the world. He's very much just like kind of one tone. He's like, I'm just going to get this ball and drive because I'm fast as fuck. <laughs> but as a result, it means that he's, him and Kimmich, whenever one of them does one thing, the other one drops in. So when Kimmich moves forward, Davis with his pace goes, ah, okay, I can drop in. It's and only when, the, yeah, exactly. Kimmich is fantastically defensively. I think when Smith moves forward, particularly when he moves into the middle of the park, kind of in front of Suter or Halkett, Cochrane realises that and goes, right, I now need to drop a wee bit deeper in line with the other centre-halves because if they then break from that side, they've potentially got an overload and Cochrane wants to stop that. 
I mean, you're going to know better than me. There, there you go. I don't know if you've just taken that from Robbie's notes or whatever. No, but... no, I don't know. I actually don't think he wants Cochrane to be as defensive as he actually is. I think he wants Cochrane to push to, on to whenever he gets it almost overlap. But Cochrane seems a wee bit hesitant to do that. I don't know if that's just because he's relatively new into the system. He's playing quite well where he is. He doesn't necessarily want to take a risk. I hope that he doesn't decide to take those risks on Saturday and go, this is the first time I'm going to do it when I have the opportunity to do it against Stirling Albion and Cove. But I think Cochrane's been quietly very, very solid. It, <laughs> it would be quite something if we go from kind of a, a 5-2-3 into a 3-2-5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be uh, quite the sight, but I mean, let's let's touch on the Premier Sports Cup draw because we've mentioned the fact that frustration has arisen with fans due to Hearts being unseeded. You know, COVID issues with kind of St Mirren being awarded 3-0 victories. I also think everybody seems to overlook the fact that Dundee United won yeah. one of their games 6-1. I can't remember yeah. who it was against. I want to say East Fife. I think it was East Fife, yeah. Don't quote me on that. Um, but of course, if we run through it, I mean, the seeded sides were... The five in European action. So Rangers, Celtic, St. Johnston, Aberdeen and Hibernian, uh, both Dundee clubs and, of course, St. Mirren, like we mentioned. Um, the unseeded, the group winners were, of course, ourselves, A United, Kilmarnock, Motherwell, Wraith Rovers, and they were joined by group runners-up Dunfermline, Arbroath and Livingston. Um, looking elsewhere, and before we kind of touch on the draw itself, um I think a kind of another sort of wee snippet, a wee hearts highlight, um, was the group stages. Scott McGill's goal for Airdrie. I mean, talk about making an impact on your your Diamonds debut, Lanarkshire derby up against Premiership opposition. I mean, he's your boy, so just let's just talk us through the goal. I just love him to pieces. Listen, I like I love Finley Pollock. Right, I love him. Scott McGill. I've got Scott McGill posters. They're just over there. You just can't see them. He signed like three and a half hours before. 61 minutes, nothing's happening. The game's pretty rubbish. 62nd minute, Scott McGill enters the pitch. 63rd minute, Airdrie go 1-0 up for an absolute rakery of free kick for Reese McCabe. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, McGill's involved in everything. He's getting the diamonds at the diamonds. He's just playing passes <laughs> constantly. Then he gets the ball. You can see the mother defenders going, that's just an Airdrie player. They don't realise that they're in the park with Scott McGill. He just takes a touch and absolutely tans it into the top left. And he runs away celebrating with them as if he's been there all year. Like, I think he must have met them in the dressing room. But, like... What a hit, what a goal. His performance was brilliant in the last half an hour that he featured in. I'll be honest, I don't know how they did at the weekend. I definitely... uh, they got battered off Queen of the South, I think, if my memory serves me, because they, <laughs> they had the potential to go through, but Motherwell beat Albie, uh, Annan at home, and then Queen's obviously battered Airdrie, so... Right. Scott McGill either wasn't he playing or he was the only good player for Andrew. That's the two situations that we're It does feel with. a bit bizarre that we're kind of loaning him to Ian Murray, though. That was the one thing. It was, yay, Scott McGill! <laughs> and it cut to Ian Murray celebrating. I was like, oh, you've made him happy. Oh, wait a now. I kind of wish you hadn't done that. But yeah, a fantastic goal. And I genuinely think he's going to do really well at Airdrie. And I hope he just comes back 
and slots into the midfield because I genuinely think he's got to be really good. Listen, we've got high hopes for everyone, haven't we? <laughs> We're just banging various teenagers' drums. That sounds a bit wrong, but it's uh, You've listen, it. we're, we're, we're championing them. This that's the future. The future's maroon. People believe the youngsters uh, just won three 0 yesterday as well. There you go. I can't wait they were playing. All this kind of <laughs> brilliant. That's, is that insightful analysis? <laughs> that's why you're here. I've just went on this massive like analytical rant about low blocks and overloads and stuff like that it. and now I'm just like I love Scott McGill and the deck in who the under 20s were playing I mean we've talked about the future let's just let's touch on the draw now the the future ties to come um it obviously inevitable. it was I mean coming back from the game I was listening to the draw with my dad in the car and you know various balls have been you know hooked out and then, lo and behold, Celtic number two at Parkhead for a tie. We are yet to be drawn, and we both just turned to one another and went nine. It was just so obvious, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I was watching it on TV and just going, as every kind of like the bigger clubs started to go and go and go. Rangers went, Hibs went, and I was like, Celtic is still in this. And yeah, as soon as it was two at home, I was like, right, okay, that's us. And I almost didn't even watch it. I was just like, right, okay, that's us. Listen, it's annoying, but I just, I just really don't have the energy to get annoyed about the League Cup. Does it not bug you, though, given how long it's been since we won it? I think that actually adds to my care. Like, I just <laughs> didn't care about it. Like, it's like, oh, we're never going to win it. Let's just <laughs> fucking move on. Uh, if we win it, class. If we don't, I'm never that angry about it. It's like, focus on the league and the big cup. But we're never going to win the league. I know. But this is the other part of the conversation I had with my dad. My relationship with the league cup's great because it's only positive. Because I get annoyed if we get beat much as I get annoyed if we lose any game. But I've just never been asked about the league cup ever. Maybe, it, and I think it is because we've never won it in like two generations. <laughs> in our, or our father's lifetimes. Yeah, but I just kind of do feel like, right, obviously, I, I start caring about the League Cup when we get to the semis. That's when I start giving a shit about this competition. Well, we've got Celtic to try and beat in the round of 16, and elsewhere in the round of 16, the ties to be played on the 14th and 15th of August are Rangers versus Dunfermline, our broth host St Johnston, Hibernian got Kilmarnock, I mean, Easter Road, recently relegated Kilmarnock, really? Um, Air United against Dundee United at Somerset Park, Wraith Rovers take on Aberdeen at Starks Park, Motherwell travel to Dens to take on Dundee, and Livingston host St Mirren, who pipped us to that seeded spot. Um, do you agree with Robbie's comments in that it was a, an excellent draw, I believe I he said? Get, I get what he means because from a, like a management perspective, the nightmare in a weird way is we get like drawn away at air because there's almost no positive. Because every there's Hearts fan's pressure. Yeah, every Hearts fan's going and going, well, if we win, we're expected to win. But there's a massive margin error. Whereas we, away at Celtic Park, we've no one since 2009, is it? Like, is that the last oh, time? We, I think it's like that long. I, it's either I had 2007 in my head. It might. It, it genuinely might be longer than 2009. It's been, it's been over a decade, to put it yeah. that way. So there's a very small like 
negative opportunity because everybody's going, oh, we've got you battered. So if we actually get a result, it's like a massive thing. Whereas if we get St Mirren away, it's like, well, you should be beating them. And if we don't, there's a huge, like the pressure that we put on him on top of Already the existing pressure. I was about to say with the league fixtures and whatnot as well. Yeah, 100%. I, I do understand why he said that. He doesn't mean it from a perspective of like, how easy is that getting? I was going to say, because a man having that arrogance with the Aloha and Broader Rangers defeats, yeah. you know, still That's not what he means. firmly in the background. No, What he means is, is just, listen, nobody's expecting a lot. So even if we get battered, folk will go, well, we kind of expected that to happen. Right, okay, we move on to the league in the Scottish Cup. Whereas if we get a result, it's like, holy shit, we didn't expect to do anything here. We've actually got... That would do a lot to kind of aid the viewpoint of Robbie within the masses kind of thing. No, that that's, that's fair enough, mate. I mean, we've touched on, you know, the draw. I'm just delighted that the group stage is over, to be honest. And now that the real stuff can begin, obviously drawn away to Celtic, it now feels like it's a proper cup tie. And I don't mean that as a disrespect to any of the other teams, but before we kind of talk about us hosting them at Tynecastle on Saturday in the league opener, I wanted to touch on the midfield because we've spoken about Scott McGill and the temporary departure. Um, we also, of course, have some other midfield departures, both that have happened and are in the offing. So, we're going to touch on Harry Cochran to Queen of the South first and foremost. Two-year deal, compensation fee due. Your thoughts? I'll be honest. I think he probably would have wanted a bigger move. Like, when, yeah. you, when you think of Harry Cochran, especially the past few years ago, you'd think, oh, okay, somebody like Dundee United will go in for him. Like, St Mirren, like, a bottom half premiership side will probably go into them because it's a project. Or a them. championship promotion contender. I mean, I, I had Hamilton Ackies in my head. Yeah, Hamilton Kelly, somebody like that. Like mm-hmm. Inverness, maybe even at a push, you can reunite with Anthony McDonald. Listen, it could work out really well for them. It could be one of those moves like almost Nisbet when you move to Dunfermline, where it's just like, I'm here for a really short time, but I'm massively impressed and then get a bigger move. Or, it, it's very similar to what we said about Irving. It's just a risk in terms of, you. if this doesn't work, you could just be stuck in the lower leagues now, forever. But, I mean, good luck to him. I hope, I hope he really smashes it. And I think he will do well at that level. I think he'll be fine. Yes, he'll die. I think, uh, I think this move might give him the kick up the arse that he maybe needs to, to get in gear and prove you know prove his worth and showcase his talent because he is a talented young player that yep. seems to have fallen through the trap door um one that could also be seeing some doors soon hopefully behind him um, no no, no, no let's just no listen listen oh, we can just move no. on and not speak about it we don't need no, to acknowledge we, no it. we are we are no, no, no we are because what, half of the podcast is delighted the other half is in ruins um Lloyd Demur is potentially returning to his native France. Uh, Le Mans, which, I mean, all I thought Le Mans were known for is like the Grand Prix. Is that not where the, the racing goes down? But um, <laughs> the, the football team are of the Championnat National, so third tier, part-time, and have registered an interest in Lloyd Demur. You're going to be gutted. I'm going to be delighted if we, you know, send him out on loan and... I mean, it, it seems to be a loan with a view to a permanent deal with them paying the wage, which, I mean, I've just... 
that's just music to my ears that he's actually going to have to work for his wages. They wouldn't be paying the wages this season, though. No, but they I can't mean... cover that. They're a part. To... He's not going to go. I just and I mean, but I don't mean that in the kind of like I don't want him to. Sentimental I mean that in... sense. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see what I know he wants to go home, right? So that maybe will override everything. If he want, he just wants to be back in France, and I do, I do get that. I just don't think he'll go from Scottish Premiership Heart of Midlothian, where he's not playing, admittedly, but still, <laughs> to part-time French side. Like, I just don't see it happening. I, I just think he'd take a risk or just go, nah, I'm just going to sit here and all the money. I cannot tell you how much my mentions detonated <laughs> when this came out. Like, I thought something had happened. I thought That's you'd pleasing. done. I thought you'd done something. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, what have we been tagged in? For him? What's he said now on the account? Because that's my life, basically, just now. Worrying about your stance on things because it then I get thrown into it. But no, it was like, just at DemoCarver22, at DemoCarver22, yes, at DemoCarver22, get in, at DemoCarver22, you'll be gutted, DemoCarver22. And I was like, what is this? And it was the Barry Anderson tweet about it. Listen, no. No, stop waving goodbye. Lord Demur will still be here. What just makes no sense is, right? Oh, here we go. It's the, this is the season where he's had a good pre-season. Last season, where he did nothing, there was no moves. He was just sat here getting paid. <laughs> now he's had a good pre-season, and now we're like, now we'll get rid of him. He's in the shop window. Is the shop Why window wasn't he in the shop window last pre-season? Why wasn't he in the shop the last preseason? It's funny because th- this was kind of my stance on um, the Inverness game, sort of touching on it. Another player that seems to want to be in the shop window was Jordan Roberts, and I was surprised yeah. with the formation change. And I thought he might keep the three four three, but sort of rest GMS and maybe bring in Roberts, given the games on Premier Sports. He's got you know a point to prove against a former club. He's angling for a move anyway. But Robbie's just omitted him from the squad. So how soon do you think it'll be before Jordan Roberts leaves Gorgie? Very. I think that is a statement from Robbie going, right, you want to fucking speak in the press about how you want to move, right? You're just not playing them, mate. Right? Whatever. Um, we were playing, like, and I kind of feel like that way for Popescu as well. I feel like Popescu doesn't have a big feature because in the last two games, we've played a combination of six centre-halves in terms of three and a three. And... He's not been one of them. He's not been one of them, and four of them have been fullbacks playing the centre half. Like I think the writing's on the wall, as you say. We could have went to, could have stuck with the three four three, but Robbie's literally went. I'm. I don't want to play you so badly that I'm going to change the whole system of replaying the whole of preseason just so I dare to play you. I hope Roberts is away. He's just offered nothing ever, ever. He Unless it's like, in Claret Number. Exactly. He looked like he had fun at the mid, uh, East Lothian climbing thing with all the team. He looked like he was having a great time. Great, Jordan. I'm delighted for you. But go and just leave. That's literally my stance towards Lloyd Demure. So No. Lloyd Demure, I don't even think, was in that. Oh, there you go. Same I don't anymore. even remember him seeing him. Well, one game that neither will certainly be involved in is hosting Celtic in that league opener at Tynecastle Park this Imagine coming Saturday. Are. Imagine if they are. Oh, Bobby just fucks it and just goes, nah, no, I'm no, chucking no. Uh, Popescu, Demure, Roberts, 
everybody. Well, this was building up to the dream scenario because I was going to say about how it's an 8pm kickoff. There's no Celtic fans. Like, it just appeared a total, you know, a, a total dream. It's the best scenario if you want to play Celtic. And yet, you're talking about Lloyd de Moore and Jordan Roberts potentially featuring. And Ross Stewart. Oh, good God, right. Let's, anyway, <laughs> Celtic come to town. They'll obviously have played on the night of the, the episode being released, actually. They're obviously in Denmark uh, playing FC Midtjylland in their Champions League second round, qualifying second, round. second leg. Yep. Um, so, obviously, a one-all draw ties firmly in the balance. I'll be probably tuning in to kind of gain, like, I don't know, some kind of scout report in my head of the weekend, but... Is that Wait, you, is this you secretly? Is Robbie got you doing that? Are you ab- the scout? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think it's like we're fucked. If you're I think the scout, be, we're fucked. I think we'd be better off with Stevie Wonder as a scout for Hearts. Um, so do I. But <laughs> I was going to ask you, where can we win the game at the weekend? Because for me, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about scouting. I'm just going to move on. But for me, it's probably the wide areas, first and foremost. To be honest, I really fancy Gary Mackay Stephen and Josh Janelli up against probably Anthony Ralston, that's provided they don't sign this right back, uh, and Greg Taylor. I think the biggest one will be Gino against Greg Taylor. Um, yeah. Because I think there's potentially quite a high chance that they're going to sign this right back before Saturday. The rumours are he's going to be signed on Friday, which would Great. mean he's able to play. Um However, there is that element of GMS as a point to prove against a former side. So he might just have one of those games where it doesn't matter who's up against Joshua Kimmich could be playing against him. And he's just like, nah. Um, but I fully agree with you. All, all the good things that we've done in preseason have come from out wide. Um, and especially, as I say, Gino and Greg Taylor, that's a, a fully back Janelli in that altercation every single day of the week. The other obvious, blindingly obvious aspect is the goalkeepers. Um, we'll have Craig Gordon, who is the best, better goalkeeper. A uh, better goalkeeper. Obviously, in the last couple of hours, I don't even know if you've seen this. I have. Is this the Joe Hart rumor? So it's the Joe Hart rumor. I've seen I've... it in the past couple of days. I think it's emerged, but Fabrizio Romano was tweeting about it today. So yeah, that's how I saw it. I listen. It might, might have legs. We don't know. I think Joe Hart would not be a great signing for them. However, I know that if they sign him before Saturday, he'll have a blinder against us and then be hopeless the rest of the season. And I'm not being funny. It's an upgrade on Scott Bain, Vasilis yeah. Barkas, and Connor Hazard. That. I mean, I despise Celtic, but even I'm sort of looking at Barkas and thinking, I really wish you'd kept the receipt because five million quid. I mean, I don't, I'm loving it. I'm loving every I second. Mean, there. Really? It's mental. It's really? just mental that it, also when you compound it with they spent five million in the process of letting Craig Gordon go. Exactly. Like, uh, what of those five, what of that five million fee? Could they have slapped on to a bumper deal for Craig Gordon for like a season or two? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's mad. Um, but you alluded to it earlier, you like the 3 4 3. So die, and I think that's what you'll play. I'm assuming we're both going for the same team wise because we're going to touch on that. And then I want a score prediction before we eventually get into our season predictions. Yeah, I'd go Gordon, 
Uh, the back three of Kingsley, Halkett and Suter, wing backs of Cochrane and Smith. A two of probably, this is the big one, I'd personally drop Finlay Pollock. So would I. I'd go Herring and Halliday. So would I. Okay. I I think that's what he will go. I think he will, just because, and that isn't me going, I don't think Finlay Pollock will be good enough to play against him. That's not my point. It's just that that's so attacking, and Pollock himself is quite attacking. You kind of need hearing that and defensive stability. Yeah, because yeah. Halliday can still go forward, as we've seen. But mm-hmm. listen, I still am not totally sold on Halliday, but I, th- I will hold my hands up. He's had a good preseason. I think he's looked. I think he was pretty lost against Inverness. I don't think he did much against Inverness. But generally, I've I've kind of been like, right, you're, you'll do, but. To be this fair, against Inverness, he did drop in a sweeper, like we alluded to That's, earlier. As that well. is very true. That's <laughs> very true. Um, this is the test, though. It's like, yeah, you're now you're playing against proper opposition now. It's a clash he'll be up for as well, mind. Exactly, exactly. However, he was atrocious against Celtic in the final. So, fair point. Don't play like that, Andy. Um, but yeah, and then I think Pollock would be good to bring on if he needed energy as well in like the 70th minute yeah. or something like that. Uh, and then obviously the front three of GMS, Gino and Boyce. So we've gone exact same 11? Yeah. Score prediction? 3-0 Celtic. <laughs> Love that. Optimism. Actually, no, no. If Barkas plays, 3-1. I think we'll score if Barkas plays. If they've got Joe Hart in. Or if they... I genuinely think he might just like play Scott Bain. Interesting. I think he might, uh, if he doesn't have heart in, I think he might just go fuck this. I'm getting heart in in a couple of days. I'm playing Scott Bain. The the West Ham friendly. I mean the the second goal from Antonio has been highlighted it's numerous times. It it's going to be very interesting to see what eleven he opts for tonight. And if he if he sticks by Barkas, then I'd imagine that will be the case come the weekend. Obviously, what if he has an absolute if, nightmare if they, again tonight, if though? they haven't, well. Then what would you, want, then, what well, do you then, want to happen tonight? Do you want Barkas to start and have a good game so then Postacoglu keeps him in and go? he'll go back to form? Or do you want Barkas to be in play and have another nightmare and you go, right, good, he's just not getting better, but then risk Postacoglu potentially going, right, I'm cutting my losses here, I'm not playing him. The former, because I feel as though if it's the latter, they'll up the ante and chuck everything at Joe Hart. That's fair. I think that's kind of where I am as well. Uh, that That's my honest prediction. I mean, I, I'm going to have to give a score prediction for who scored. It's going to be brilliant giving my score predictions back for Hearts. I, I missed it. You know, I, like it was enough of a chore watching Hearts games in the championship, but then I've got to obviously put out the predictions for premiership games and we're nowhere to be seen. Um, it, it's a tough one because Celtic are obviously favourites with the bookies. I feel... We can get something from them, though. I really do. I hope so. Just, just given how poor they are at the back, whether that's three points or not, I don't know. I, I, I'm probably swaying towards a one-all draw, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn my nose up at. No, not at all. If we got a one-all draw, that would be like you can never. It doesn't matter the situations that both clubs are in. It doesn't matter how poor Celtic have been or how good we've been or how. It depends poor on the been. match itself, doesn't it? Because if we get a last-minute equaliser, I'll be pleased. Yeah. If we can see the last-minute equaliser, <laughs> we'll be gutted. So, yeah. I, I think everything else goes out the window. It's all about that ninety minutes, and within the ninety, I feel as though we have got a chance, genuinely. 
I think that's fair. I've realised I've given three one as a prediction, and it's on the thirty first of July as well. So maybe that. Imagine if it's three one. Imagine if we just batter them. <laughs> what would happen? I don't know what the fan base would do. See the levels of arrogance that we would reach throughout oh, like God. the entirety of the season. They run in like I'm. I've got to be honest. I'm not feeling all that optimistic with regards to the season. We'll touch on this later on. But everything would just go out the window. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, we'd be like, we're going to smash them at Parkhead, bring them on to the Scottish Cup. We'll knock them out of everything, better their league finish, and we'll win the treble. I think that's pretty. <laughs> Attainable as well if we beat Celtic. <laughs> right, let's get the season predictions actually. Yeah, right, okay, let's go for okay. that. So, <laughs> let's just ignore the fact that we're not going to take back our words just there and, no. and, and nip into the season. Live by the sword, die by the sword, Adam. Come on. I mean, I have just predicted a 3 1 loss, but it's fine. I'll say one each. Go on. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get something. We're both hoping for three points. Um, right, season predictions. Are you just wanting to go through it rapid fire, or are we wanting kind of a boring justification of why we think you know so and so is going to? Be I don't have a lot of justification for mine. I'm very much just going right, okay. with my heart. So, but we'll see. Right. We'll see. So we're just we're just going to fire it fire it out there. Yeah. Right. Player of the year. Player of the year. Liam Boyce. I'm going two for two. I got it right last year, in my opinion. In my opinion. I know technically Gordon won it, but Boyce was my player of the year last season. Okay. I just think if he, he's probably going to be our top goal scorer, hopefully we have a good season. And it's as a result of him getting goals. I believe in Liam Boyce. It's not just because he's coming on the podcast next week and I'm being <laughs> nice to him. I genuinely think he will be. What about you? I'm... Gonna go different because it'd be boring to be the same. I'm gonna go for a player that I've backed from day dot and that I believe can contribute in the top flight. And I'm going Gary McKay Stephen. There you are. I think he'll. I think he'll have a good season for us. I really, really do. I think there's plenty more to come. Um, and I'm, I'm sticking by my guy. So GMS. And I don't want to just go down the same route, but it feels though we will for a young player of the year. I think we've already seen him throughout the group stage. To be honest, I'll be amazed if it's not. I was waiting for you to say it. I thought you were oh, going no. to say it. <laughs> well, Finley Pollock, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Really. That's yeah, the only contender. So. Um, top goal scorer, again, probably only one contender. Weird boys. Unless we sign like a striker. Because that's the thing. We're doing this, remember, on the 28th of July. If you start listening to this in October and we've signed Andy Carroll and he's got 20 goals, then you can accept us not... <laughs> You're not still on this Andy Carroll bandwagon. He's coming to Gorgie. It's going to be caught. <laughs> he is. I can't wait. Right, so, well, let's just talk about it then. Star signing. You're going to say Andy Carroll once Andy Carroll. Paper. <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. With star signing, just now we can only go with either Gino or Alex Cochran. And it's probably going to be Ginelli. Yeah. Um, and this is the one where we'll differ. Where will we finish? Right now, with the current squad... I think we'll get fifth. If we make additions, I think we'll get top four. Four four two said that, by the way. Fifth. Did they? I, yeah, I I yeah, I bought the wee season preview. My dad called me a saddle, but I'm I'm I like four four two season preview. I always have. Um, I didn't even know they they they'd released it. Well, there you go. They've put us fifth. Um, I could get the table up for you if you want, but I'm I don't think we'll be as high as that. See if you really say don't. anything less than sixth, I'm going to hit you. You think like ninth or something? Yeah, you, no, no, no. You've seen my tweet, have you not? Or no, have you not? No, I haven't seen it. 
I predict that Heart and Midlothian will finish in seventh place. Right now. With this. So, right, right can I guess the it, teams you think are going to finish above us? Right, okay. Yeah. Old Firm, Aberdeen, Hebs. Yep. St Johnston. Yep. St Mirren? Correct. I will finish above St Mirren. I will finish above St Mirren and St Johnston because St Johnston will be in Europe. Wow. More tired. What? You reckon St Johnston will drop into the conference then? Because they're not getting past yeah. Galatasaray. No, exactly. Um, I think we'll finish. I think above us will be Old Firm, uh, Old Firm, Hebs and Aberdeen. And then we'll finish fifth. But if we get wow. additions, I think, however, though, I think Aberdeen will finish fourth and there's a chance we could beat them. I just think Stephen Glass is going to have an absolute nightmare. So you think Hebs will finish third? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I can't remember don't... my table. I, I, I think, I can't remember who I put. I might, well, I might well put that. Sorry. They just don't look like any signs of slowing down. Like they're just they're just doing very well. Oh god. This is a nightmare, isn't it? It really is. What what do you reckon for the rest of the league? Have you got like a league table in mind? I don't have a proper one. I can make one in that I know my top six, as I just said there. Right, okay. The Talk to me six. because I'm gonna find mine whilst you go. So I Rangers will win the league, Seattle can finish second, Hibs will finish third. Aberdeen will finish fourth, we'll finish fifth. However, again, as I say, that could change with sign-ins. We could finish um, fourth and they could finish fifth. St. Johnson will finish sixth. St. Mary's will finish seventh. Dundee United will finish... No, Dundee United, I think, will get relegated. I think Dundee United will finish bottom of the league. Do you? Either them or Ross County. I think Dundee United will wow. be 11... Dundee United and Ross County will be 11th and 12th. I just don't know the order of that. Oofed. Livingston will be 10th. Motherwell will be 9th. And whoever missed it? You're missing Dundee. Dundee will be 8th. Wow, I've not got Dundee as high as eight, but I've gone. I kind of Rangers. forgot Dundee were in the league. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> it might be, they might be a wee bit... swap. It, it all depends Stimulate. on how long James McPake's given, yeah, yeah, which is why I've got them 10th. Um, That's I, I'm going Rangers first, Celtic second. Oh, I've got St Johnston third. That's not that's not I gonna can... happen. I think either St. Johnson will... I think they'll do one of what we said. I think they'll either finish just in the top six or they will just finish third and like just have another amazing season. Because I think they've done really well to keep a hold of their it's, younger players I cannot in believe they've kept the players that they have. The done. back three. Ali McCann, I'm amazed they've kept a hold of. Yeah. Sean Rooney again. In fairness though, there is still a month left to the transfer. True, window. true. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... As of the 28th of July, here's yeah. how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, I've gone Rangers first, Celtic second, St. Johnston third, Hibs in fourth, Aberdeen fifth, St. Mirren sixth, us in seventh, Motherwell eighth. I, I might be a bit too high. I've gone Dundee United ninth, Dundee tenth, Ross County eleventh, and Livingston to get automatically relegated. Wow. Rachel. That's a big call. It is a big call, and I've I've got justification for it. I watched Livingston a couple times towards the back end of last season, and whenever I watched them, it felt as though the goal was only going to come from J. Emmanuel Thomas. He's off to Aberdeen. Mm. Scott Robinson didn't play towards the latter stages when Livy went on a torrid run, and it was very sort of it was very Levine esque. You know, the season where we started, you know, all guns blazing, top of the league, flying, and then we just had an absolute nuke towards the yeah. latter end of the season. I think Livingston have done exactly that under David Martindale. I don't know how long they'll give it. Um, and yeah, loss of a few key players. I think Lithgow at the back. 
the jet, Scott Robinson. Yeah, man. I'm I'm back in Livy straight for the drop. I think Motherwell could as well. Motherwell look atrocious. I, I was out with my Motherwell mates at the weekend and they're they're very worried. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's not looking good. But it's very interesting. It's just it's just nice to be back in the top league, isn't it? I know, I know. I'm so relieved that I don't have to give a shit about any other league in Scotland. It's such a oh, it's like oh, okay, we're back to normal. Have you got any other predictions? What do you reckon in the in the championship? Who'll come up? I think I don't necessarily know who'll come up, but I don't think Kelly will. I think Kelly wow. will stay down. Do you? For at least a season, I think they'll do a Dundee United and just like stay there for a wee while, or a Dundee. It's not that rare. That's the thing. Like if no, if there I was an exemption not. to the rule, if it was like. And then fucking Hibs did it as well. Hibs like, <laughs> are three years. That's that's the main one we've got to chuck in there. That's the thing. If Hibs can spend three years in the championship, there's no reason anybody else out with the old firm and us and Aberdeen probably can't do the same. Like Agreed. everybody else could. And I just think the Kelly have just lost players, particularly like Lafferty, who got them goals that didn't even end up saving them, but they would have been down far earlier. They now don't even have that. Had they signed Lafferty earlier, he'd have kept them up. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so who, who do you want up? Or who do you think will come I up? I want Inverness to come up. Do you? I hope Inverness come up. I, don't, I can't see that, but... I can't see either, right. but I hope they do. Just Who do you I think will? Like I think Dunfermline will. Oh, I'd love that. I think Dunfermline will. And I then, I think Hamilton will win in the playoffs and come up as well. Wow. Just because it's team. Hamilton. Just because it's they were doing They've no. had a season away and yeah, no, like we're back. We're back. We made the playoffs originally, so we're coming back again. <laughs> what a scary thought. Or they'll get relegated again and just like go back to <laughs> League One and it's just like the worst thing in the world. What about you though? Who do you think is going I really don't know. I, I feel as though Kelly have recruited pretty well. I mean, I, I touched on Scott Robinson. I think that's, that's a brilliant signing considering yeah. he was linked with a, a couple premiership clubs. Um, maybe just Kelly. But I would love Dunfermline to come up, obviously, for my pals. pals. Um, as for the playoffs, I mean, I don't know, really. I think Thistle will surprise a fair few folk. Party oh, Thistle. God, I forgot You're about for, Thistle. Folk are forgetting they're a newly promoted team, but I th- I, they can't be as bad as their last championship campaign. Yeah. Um be very interesting to see who makes up that kind of top four in the championship. Definitely. I'm interested to see if Wraith can replicate their form of last season. Very true. Lost some, lost some big players. Yeah, Regan Henry is a massive loss for the. I don't know. I don't know how Wraith have recruited. Like I've no idea how they've done. They signed up a few kind of pre-contracts back in January, but I mean there was talk of kind of them potentially sort of nicking a, a place in the premiership the pre-contracts that they had signed they're not premiership signings they are championship signings but we'll, we'll wait and see I, I'm just oh, just so pleased I mean it's great looking at the championship as a neutral it's great being back in the top tier and having a genuine interest because last season was tough man 100% that's quite that's quite a good point to end it on that, that's well done. Like we're back. We're back where we should be. We're going to get absolutely battered on Saturday. But I'll still be having it. Oh yeah, I should do that because I'm not horrible like you. 
on Saturday, it's my mum's 50th. So early happy 50th to my mum. So regardless of the result, I'll be having a good day. You dare, you dare have that. But positivity till about quarter to ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just have all evaporated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, massive thank you for listening. I know it's been a long one, but we had so much we had two games, there's been a delay in this recording, so we had predictions to make and everything like that. So I had loads to speak about as a host. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Adam actually had shit that wasn't negative to speak about completely. So massive thank you for listening. Next week is the big 50th episode and we will be joined by Liam Boyce. It's very exciting. We hope you will tune in for that. Obviously, we'll be speaking about everything in the fallout. However, I will be speaking to Liam before the Celtic game. So if he scores a hat-trick, don't ask why I didn't ask him about it. If he gets sent off, don't ask why I didn't ask about it. Misses a sitter. (laughs) Exactly. It'll be before that. Um, He'll he'll tuck one of A against that fraud. 100%. Just hoping. <laughs> so, thank you all for listening. We are at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media. You can also get us on YouTube if you want to watch me absolutely dying in this heat. I've got a <laughs> ring light on that is just shining a light in my face and it is melting. So that's great. Please subscribe and like the YouTube video. It really helps with algorithms. Also, leave us a review on your platform of choice if you're just listening. It massively helps with algorithms there. All the socials are below us. And the email if you want to get in contact, Paisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on social media? They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall and yourself, mate. I'm at dmcaver 22 So yes, 50th episode next week. We'll be with Liam Boyce. We'll be speaking about all the fallout of the Celtic game. We'll be previewing the St. Mirren game. Whole bunch of stuff. Hope to see you there. Bye-bye. Seems ironic as somebody that's predicted us to finish seventh, but keep the faith. Mother Jai Tease. <laughs> <laughs>